Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency for the New Spectator USA website. I'm joined today by Dominic Green, who is life and arts editor of Spectator USA, and we're going to be talking about the resignation of Sir Kim Darrow. Now, Dominic, we've just heard the news that Sir Kim has resigned. Uh, it seems to me that this was pretty much inevitable after the Mail on Sunday leaked some diplomatic cables in which he said some pretty rude things about Donald Trump and his administration. However, the mood on Twitter, at least in Britain, is one of indignation towards Trump uh, that he should have pushed out an ambassador. What do you think? Well, I think it was absolutely, there was no choice uh, but for Kim Darroch to resign from the moment that Trump said he wouldn't receive him anymore. It's almost unprecedented to have an American president saying that he didn't want to have anything to do with the most senior diplomatic representative of America's closest foreign ally. Uh, so from that moment, the die was cast. Uh, some of the protests about this, of course, in Britain um, perhaps may stem from wounded pride because the whole episode has been a, a real fiasco and, and a sort of final moment of disaster for the Theresa May government, just as we thought it was serenely gliding towards a crash landing in the coming days. Yes. Well, I mean, uh, and there's quite a lot of criticism already about Boris Johnson, the incoming prime minister, because... Whereas Jeremy Hunt, who some reasons, some American listeners may not know, Jeremy Hunt and Boris Johnson are trying to become the next Tory leader and therefore the next prime minister. Jeremy Hunt said that he defend well, he defended uh, Sir Kim Darroch, um, although he did. He was quick to balance that out with lots of praise for Trump's administration. But he did defend the ambassador, whereas Boris uh, has refused to say anything. And now people are taking that as Boris sort of joining in in this decapitation, a hard Brexiteer decapitation of a, let's call him what he is, a a sort of uh, anti-Trump, pro-EU ambassador in Washington. Well, this is hard to call, isn't it? Is Boris's silence part of his uh, tactics as he edges towards the leadership of the Conservative Party, which, unless he falls over and lands on his face, should fall into his lap in about 10 days' time? Is this some careful move, or is it, in fact, that he doesn't have anything to do with this at all? And is it Jeremy Hunt who is playing this to his advantage by alleging, and he is Boris's successor as uh, Secretary of State at the Foreign Office, by alleging that there may be a Russian hand, there has been perhaps a hacking of uh, these cables. Of course, it could equally be a leak, couldn't it? Well, the word in, in Westminster at the moment is that Boris is going to get a kickback on this because he didn't support uh, the British ambassador. He should have had his back. To me, that seems a little unfair. Boris isn't prime minister yet. Uh, he can't be expected to sort of stand up for his man in Washington when he's not his man in Washington. I think that's very true. He didn't appoint him. He worked with him well enough when he was uh, foreign secretary. And now uh, it's everyone for himself as, as the Theresa May government disintegrates and everyone is positioning themselves or competing for the top spot as Boris and Hunt are doing. The backstory to though is is quite intriguing to this isn't it because this has been bubbling along for a couple of years ever since Donald Trump said that he perhaps would prefer to have Nigel Farage as British ambassador in Washington which is something which also caused absolute apoplexy over this side of the pond. Yes and there's a lot of speculation isn't there that Farage and his gang are behind uh, the leak and the story because the woman who wrote the story Isabel Oakeshott is very close with Farage and, if you like, sort of the harder Brexiteers in Britain. 
Yes, absolutely. And it, it may further depress American listeners who've had enough of the Russia collusion narrative to know that there is a sort of twin narrative going on in Britain with similar allegations of Russian interference in the run-up to the Brexit referendum of 2016 and the figure of Aaron Banks, one of the people who funded the Brexit campaign, is associated, uh, alleged to be associated, I should say, with uh, Russian influence, Russian connections and so on, and has even refused to answer questions about sources of some of his money. So there is uh, this association, but as you say, it's much more likely to be a leak from within. It's much more likely to be somebody perhaps positioning themselves. Well, and we, the... and we've, we've learned to be sceptical about, uh, you know, uh, Russia allegations because because of the Mueller inquiry. But I mean, also on this on this leak, I mean, it's thought that it's, it's rumoured that uh, there were as many as 100 people on most of these diplomatic cables. Um, not all of whom would have signed the Official Secrets Act. Therefore, it's highly likely that the leak will have come from one of them. Yes, it is. And even though the vast majority of the civil servants in Britain seem to be quite sceptical about Brexit, it's possible that there is a lonely pro-Brexit leaker somewhere on the list of those hundred recipients. I think one of the interesting things that will happen next is we have to ask, if Boris Johnson becomes the British Prime Minister, how much does Britain actually need an ambassador of Washington, D.C.? Given that uh, relations between Donald Trump and Boris Johnson seem to be as warm as any uh, American president has felt towards a British Prime Minister, perhaps since the days of the Thatcher-Reagan double act. Yes, well, there's already a kind of uh, a parallel uh, trade delegation organised in large part by Nigel Farage and his gang um, talking to the American government, uh, and it seems a lot of people in, in Team Trump think that uh, that, is, that is the sort of voice of Britain. Um, yeah. I'm not sure Boris would be that pleased about that, but it, 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 I, I spoke to a, a former senior Trump House, White House official yesterday who said very important that the Boris says to Trump, the relationship is between you and me and not the ambassador, whoever the new ambassador is. Yes, and if, if Boris is uncomfortable with Nigel Farage conducting one of his freelance diplomatic forays uh, to the United States, and let's not forget he was just about the first person in the golden elevator after Trump won the election in 2016, um, if, if Johnson is concerned about this, he perhaps has only himself to blame, because I mean, as you know, he and his allies have been conducting their own campaign of, of, of a government-in-waiting effect. They've been turning up in Washington, D.C. and giving speeches and holding meetings and generally appearing anyway to trying to be laying the ground for a US-UK trade deal of the kind that Trump says he offered Theresa May for a US-UK trade deal uh, as Britain struggles out of Brexit perhaps of course without a deal at all um, it, all kinds of forces have come into play in part because Theresa May's government has been very weak and in part because it simply failed to get over the hump and get a deal that it can get through Parliament. So there's real disorder now. And you're right, it is going to be difficult for Johnson to assert control over the whole thing. Farage, of course, has started his own party since 2016, the Brexit Party, which is a, a single issue party. You can guess what its single issue is. Um, and they're very popular in the US. There's a lot of support among uh, the, on the right wing of the Republican party uh, for the free trading aspect of Brexit. Yes, but also the other point about the Brexit party is that there was some brief speculation on Sunday after the story broke that Farage could finally be sent to Washington. Uh, but of course, the answer to that is don't be silly. At 22% in the polls, uh, he could at last become a force in Westminster, which is what he's always wanted to be. Uh, why would he accept um, being sent off to Washington? 
Well, he, he might not accept it, because you're right, he's at the point of, of achieving what he's long hoped for, which is to force the Conservative Party to either move with him or be squashed by him. But of course, he's always protesting how much he wishes to serve his country, so perhaps being sent to Washington would be a poison chalice he couldn't refuse, because it would remove him from Westminster just at the moment when he was within sight of having a crucial leverage over the next Parliament. I've just written a piece for this week's magazine, uh, perhaps rather a Panglossian take on uh, the future special relationship between Boris, assuming Boris becomes prime minister, and Trump. Uh, my view is that um, this whole kerfuffle, whether by design or not, um, gives a great opportunity for a reset in Anglo-American relations, which haven't been quite as good as they could have been, given the fact that Trump is warm about Britain and very warm about Brexit. I hope so. And I think there's a lot of institutional snobbery and contempt towards Donald Trump, just as there is towards many of the people who voted for Brexit. And it's to be hoped that if the new prime minister in Britain is able to set a clear course and that it will be smoother sailing. One thing I'd like to add, though, is that Sir Kim Darroch is perhaps the fall guy in this reset in that he hasn't necessarily done his job badly. He did exactly what an ambassador is supposed to do, which is he communicated um, detailed intelligence and advice back to his superiors in London. It's not his fault that all that ended up on the front page of the Daily Mail. So he is yes. the fall guy for it, and it is to be hoped that things will be better going forward. And with the sort of warm sounds that Trump and Boris Johnson have made towards each other over the last few years, it does look quite likely. Well, and it's worth remembering, I think, that Oliver Wright, the ambassador in Washington, the British ambassador in Washington in 1982, wrote a diplomatic cable in which he called Reagan a very angry man and said, you can't have a serious you can't engage with him in any serious political conversation and so if those diplomatic cables had been released or leaked <laughs> at the time history may have turned out very differently yeah can yeah exactly it's and and looking back that's a very bad piece of advice to give his uh, superiors in london the difference perhaps being that a lot of what kim Derrick said is pretty much accurate in the sense that uh, trump may be a highly sensitive man with no filter that there is a great deal of disorder in the current white house there's been an unprecedented turnover of staff um, there's been an an incoherence, a lack of clarity in policy. And I think Derek actually came to a very astute final judgment about Trump, which was, despite all of that, don't underestimate him. Well, on that note, Dominic, I think we'll end it. Thank you very much for talking to us. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Americano. And I'd like to encourage you all to give us your feedback, positive comments or constructive comments only, please, to podcast at spectator.co.uk and say anything you like there as long as it's reasonably polite. 